You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. When I was little, I used to love the TV show The Jetsons. The talking robot that cleaned and cooked and gave you advice, the flying cars, the little pods they floated in to get to school. All of that amazed me. I wanted so bad to be a part of that futuristic world. But what's crazy to think about is that world, the world of the Jetsons, was set in 2062. So maybe I will see flying cars and jetpacks. According to the Smithsonian Magazine writer Matt Novak, quote, Though it was just a cartoon, with all of its slight gags and parodies you'd expect, it was based on very real expectations for the future. As author Danny Graydon notes in The Jetsons, the official cartoon guide, the artist drew inspiration from futuristic books of the time, including the 1962 book 1975, The Changes to Come by Arnold B. Barak. The designer also drew heavily from the George aesthetic of Southern California, where the studio was located, a style that perhaps best represents post-war consumer culture promises of freedom and modernity. The years leading up to the Jetsons premiere in September 1962 were a mix of techno-utopianism and Cold War fears. The launch of Sputnik by the Soviets in 1957 created great anxiety in the American public that already had been whipped up into a frenzy about the communist threat. In February 1962, John Glenn became the first American to orbit the Earth, but less than a year earlier, Earlier, the Bay of Pigs fiasco raised tensions between the superpowers to a dangerous level. Americans seemed equally optimistic and terrified for the future, end quote. And for me, that combination of optimism and fear still rings true. In a world filled with technology, I often find myself wondering what is next. In a world where artificial intelligence can write our collegiate papers without us contributing one ounce of research, or write our lesson plans without us picking up a single resource? Is it so far-fetched to think of a day when technology plays a greater role in our lives than even we do? What's fascinating to me is how quickly we became a society that relies heavily on technology. When I go to the store now, if they don't accept Apple Pay or take a debit card, they're not getting my business. Not because I'm stuck up about that kind of thing, but because I never carry cash. And I think most of us are like that. If I were to get lost somewhere with no cell phone service, I would drive aimlessly until I either ran out of gas or my service picked back up again. Why? Because I was never taught to read a map. And why would I have been? By the time I started driving, GPS systems were a regular staple in most cars. If we think hard enough, I bet we can remember the first cell phone we got that had the full keyboard for sending text messages. I literally felt like I was on top of the world when sending a simple message became typing on a keyboard rather than hitting numbers over and over and over again. Now we can speak into our phones and they'll type the message for us. The grip technology has on us is terrifying if you slow down enough to really think about it. In recent years, the purpose of cell phones has shifted from a verbal communication tool to a multimedia tool. Most aren't even referred to as cell phones now, but rather mobile devices because they're meant to be for more than just phone calls. We can check our emails, update our social media, take pictures, film things happening around us. They're integrated into our everyday lives, and sometimes it feels that because of these devices, we have no real way of escaping. And for some families, they really didn't have a way of escaping the threatening messages they were receiving from a cell phone. This is the story of the restricted stalker. Welcome to Coffee and Cases, where we like our coffee hot and our cases cold. My name is Allison Williams. 
and my name is Maggie Dameron. We will be telling stories each week in the hopes that someone out there with any information concerning the cases will take those tips to law enforcement so justice and closure can be brought to these families. With each case, we encourage you to continue in the conversation on our Facebook page, Coffee and Cases Podcast, because, as we all know, conversation helps to keep the missing person in the public consciousness, helping keep their memories alive. So sit back, sip your coffee, and listen to what's brewing this week. Sleuthhounds, first of all, pollen season (laughs) is among us here in Kentucky. Oh, man. I'm a little stuffy. Allison's a little coffee. So, cough drop in. You're w- ready to go? Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you get the best of us today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it has been a minute since we had like a creepy kind of story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beyond like the normal ones we do, you know? Right. And yeah. so as I'm waiting for some interviews to fall into place, I thought we could cover a case this week that I found both entertaining and both creepy Mm. so kind of think almost like the watcher if you will oh man we're in for a roller coaster of a ride when i think about the watcher that's so creepy well i do think the watcher is more creepy than this one but they're a little bit similar in certain ways okay okay so as the intro hinted to today, we're going to be talking about what could happen if your everyday cell phone or mobile device, whatever you want to call it, became a tool that someone used to spy on you. Oh, man. You know, I I know people. I'm not yeah. one, though I can understand why people get this way, who have those little covers for the uh, camera on their computers, mm-hmm. you know, so you could slide it over so people can't see you. It does creep me out to think that somebody could be watching or hearing or you know just know what i'm doing because without my knowledge yeah and a guy that my brother went to high school with he has almost kind of um gone over the edge with that kind of stuff like you Mm. can't even bring your phone into his house like you have to leave it turned off outside on the porch Though I'm pretty yeah. sure there is a so way to track phones even when they're turned off. We did a test and... You did a test. Yeah. Well, Rodney saw something on TikTok. It didn't work when the phone was turned off. <laughs> but the phone could be completely out of range. And you can say, Sir- hey, Siri, where's my phone? Looking for your iPhone 11. It's Maybe. nearby. Pinging your iPhone 11 now. Yeah. And so it's pinging it. So you can just say, where's my phone? And it will, like, let you know where it is. So you don't even have to have an Apple Watch to do it. That's not normally how I do it. Can you tell how often I lose my phone? I have to ping it all the time. I told Anthony, I'm like, that feature alone was worth the price of an Apple Watch to be able to ping my phone. But well, now, now you don't even we need got it. new phones. Yeah, we got new phones and I haven't paired my Apple Watch back to this one. So oh, now I don't yeah. even need it. Yeah, so, now you there you go. Say. Yeah. <laughs> Find my phone. But we will talk later on in the case about how phones, even when they're off, really aren't off mm. because, unless the battery is out, which is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. So. So that guy is not so far off the edge. That's true. That's true. <laughs> He's just hanging on barely. That's right. <laughs> but I'm sure some of us are thinking that there's no way, like, this could really be true. People can, you know, hack your phone this badly or whatever. But the events we're going to talk about today happen to not one, not two, but three different families. Mm. So it wasn't just... okay isolated to one household so i'll let you all be the judge of if this is a stalker that was real or a stalker that was a hoax okay allison i remember when i first started texting people like i was a freshman in college so 2009 ish Mm -hmm. at the time and i still had the motorola razor you know oh yeah the thin yeah Mm-hmm. So to send, you know, just a simple two-word text meant hitting the buttons a bazillion times to get the letter that oh, you yeah. needed in because the alphabet. 
for the young people who are listening, A, B, and C were all on the same number. So if you wanted like to type the word can, you'd have to hit the number three times to get the C and then pause a second and then hit it one time <laughs> to get the A and then go to the number that had like M-N-O on it and like, yeah. Yeah. It was a whole ordeal. It was. Mm -hmm. You had really powerful thumb muscles, though. Yeah, you did. (laughs) But I remember it was such a huge deal when later on that year, I got a phone that you could slide up and it had a full keyboard. Oh, I remember those. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like the most tech-savvy person in the world. And I can remember (laughs) being in class and, like, before the professor would start sliding up my phone and sending a text message. And I was like, yeah. I can do this. (laughs) And I remember spending like hours of my life giving a personalized ringtone to, you know, the majority of people that I would contact. I don't know if I could do that on my iPhone, but I miss that. You could, you could get your favorite songs. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Now my phone just stays on silent. Mine does too, actually. (laughs) My watch will like vibrate slightly. So I know. Yeah. But today's case, while not a traditional CNC case, still scares me because, you know, what if the things that happened in this case are true? And what if something we carry around every single day, pretty much all the time, could turn on us? So those are questions to be thinking about. These are like the fears from (laughs) iRobot. Yeah. (laughs) So this story starts in February of 2007. When some young teens started receiving bizarre messages from 16-year-old Courtney's phone. (gasps) Wait, so Courtney's not sending them. They're just coming from her phone, potentially. Potentially. Okay. So according to reports, many of Courtney's friends, and Courtney is Courtney Pikendall, so that was one of the families that's potentially stalked. Okay. So... Courtney's friends began getting texts from her one night in February. And so then she starts getting texts in return from all of her friends. And they're like, why are you sending us the word gay? And Courtney's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I didn't send those messages. And she says, still claims to this day, that she did not text that word to a single person from her phone that night or any other night for that matter. So they're getting this text message from her phone number, but she's saying, yeah, I didn't send that. So I guess her number could be hacked somehow or something like that. Right. And at first, these messages started out as something the family just kind of chalked up to interference in the network or maybe a problem with their cell phone provider. But Mm -hmm. what came next really can't be played off as a network issue. Okay. So before long, these network issues started manifesting from Courtney's phone to her friends and family, and they were relentless, threatening texts and (gasps) phone calls. Oh, and phone calls. mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. From an unknown caller. So although eventually we're able to trace them back to Courtney's phone, they show up as restricted when the phone calls come through. So it's not even registering her number. So at first, it does look like it's coming from her phone, which is why Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, that's weird. And they're asking her why she texted it. But then Mm -hmm. the phone calls and the texts are coming from, it says, restricted. But they're somehow able later on to trace it to Courtney's phone. And again, she's, I'm sure, like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Exactly. Hmm. So... While sending the slur of gay is horrible enough, the Mm -hmm. restricted person, who just became known as restricted, began sending increasingly dangerous and scary texts. And they started spreading to other families in the area. Mm. So these messages were coming in around the clock. Restricted would say things like he was going to kill them, rape them, kill Mm -hmm. their pets, attack their school. And the threads, when left on voicemail, were in a raspy voice. Oh, that's Not scary. just somebody's normal voice, but something kind of scary and menacing. 
And this raspy voice on the Kaikendal's voicemail would leave threats that he was going to slit their throats, kill their pets, kill their grandparents, their grandparents would be found dead. One message that was left on voicemail said, quote, there will be a shooting at Curtis and Whittier tomorrow, so don't send your kids. They will be dead. So dead. I know where you are. I know where you live. I'm going to kill Ike and Plumpy. Which were the pets, I assume. Wow. So Okay, I mean, I would be creeping out. Yeah, I would be creeped out. I'd be terrified. I'd be moving. Well, I definitely... Okay, can I give a side note story? Yeah. So, when I was in college... um. I got a phone call to my dorm room. This is of course you did. You memories. had so many creepy things happen to you. I know. Um, but it was my freshman year and this phone call came in and uh, it was a wrong number and it was some guy and he was like, hey, can I speak with and then said a name that's not my name. And I said, I'm so sorry <laughs> you've got the wrong number, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And then he goes well, you sound really nice. And I was like, thank you. You know, and I was mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll let you go. And so I hung up. Well, this same guy continued to then call my dorm room oh. over and over and would like, you know, he would ask for me and, you know, we talk all the time how you give information without really realizing that you're giving information. So, mm-hmm. you know, if he would call and cause I think that first day he, when he said, you know, well, you sound really nice. And he was like, I know I have the wrong number. What, what was your name? And I said like Allison or something, you know, I didn't give my full name, but I said my first name. Well, then when he called back, he would say to my roommate, he would be like, is Allison there? And she would say, Oh, she's in class. So then he starts to know my schedule, you know, because he's calling. And so I went to, um, actually went to the campus police because yeah. he was calling all the time. And our dorm phones, it would do like a one ring if it were somebody on campus and then a two ring if it's somebody off of campus. And of course, this was off campus. And so I went to them and I was like, this guy, he won't stop calling my room. And um, they were like, is it on campus or off campus? And I said, he's off campus. And they were like, well, we have no way of tracing Hmm. it. And so, like, he said he was in California, but I have no idea. I mean, he could have been right outside my room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, it's, it's creepy to think that, yeah, and to get messages and you, it puts you on edge. But these messages, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I was terrified just by somebody saying, well, you sound nice. And then they kept <laughs> calling. I can't imagine getting messages, you know, like this. And I think you're right. I think we do reveal a lot about ourselves without really meaning to, you know, like mm-hmm. the picture or the stickers on your car with the mommy mm-hmm. and the daddy mm-hmm. stick figures and the kids, or it'll say like, proud parent of a yep. honorable student at XYZ elementary yep. school. Mm-hmm. Like and I, I read you know. something where, like, even if it says, you know, something like, um, my, now it doesn't matter anymore for me because Rodney is retired, but, you know, if I had a sticker that said, you know, my husband is my hero and then has a firefighter sticker, well, then if he's still on duty, somebody knows that I'm home alone, mm-hmm. you know, for a 24 yeah. hours at a time. Or if your husband's like a truck driver mm-hmm. then, and you have that on there, they're going to mm-hmm. know you're alone for extended yeah. periods of time. Yeah. So just some food for thought, people. Exactly. But do you remember, so obviously these messages are creepy. So we're getting creepy texts. We're getting these strange voicemails saying that, you know, they're going to shoot up a school. They're mm-hmm. going to kill your pets. But do you remember in the Watcher episode when the Watcher commented on the daughter painting and said that she was like a lovely artist? Yes, because he saw her like on the side porch and mm-hmm. was commenting. So, you know, he was watching her. 
Well, soon Restricted started doing things very similar to that. This person started making very specific and very personal comments. So what were once those idle threats quickly changed because these messages started containing very specific information about the victim's life. Oh, no. So comments about what they were wearing (gasps) or even things they were doing around the house. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so very invasive because, Mm -hmm. you know, your house is your safe place that's scary and one article written by kelsey christian mcconnell that was published in 2020 to the lineup it said that one of those instances one of the second families um mom was in her kitchen and she was cutting up limes for like a dish that she was making mm-hmm. and she got this phone call from restricted and all it said was quote I prefer lemons. <gasps> yeah. I would have never thought that that sentence could strike terror. And yet I would I be know. terrified. Oh, yeah. I mean, at this point, had I been one of those families, I would have lost my mind. We'd be packing up our things. We would be moving. Because I just couldn't. Oh, I could not. No. Oh, my heart. But, oh, my gosh. It's like pounding right now. Just thinking about it. I know, and sometimes these things, like the Watcher thing or the Poltergeist one that we did, mm-hmm. the Humpty Do Poltergeist, I think these can almost be more terrifying than talking about being kidnapped. Oh my or, goodness. You know, it's just a different level, I guess, of mm-hmm. fear, mm-hmm. a different side of fear. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that many thought... This was a hoax put on by the one of the families. When police started investigating, they really couldn't find any solid proof of that. And like I mentioned, there were three families that were being tortured by Restricted. And they all went to the police fairly quickly. So that was... One family was the Price family. Mm-hmm. And Darcy Price was interviewed by Fox News. And that person stated that they went to the police right away after the phone hijacking began. Quote... They kind of push us aside, I think, a little bit, she said. So far, I think they can't figure it out. So we had to come to the media for help to try to solve this. It's been traumatizing and terrorizing for all of us. For our family, our extended family, my children, it's unbelievable, end quote. Wow. Yeah, I mean, as an adult, I would be scared. I can't imagine being, you know, a young teen or something like that Mm. and how scary it would be. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you can because you live that your first year of college. I mean, that's true. <clears throat> but at least, well, I don't, I could have been being watched. I don't know. But at least I didn't know about it if I were. <laughs> that's true. That's true. You were, what do they say in Great Gatsby? A pretty little fool or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> As you can imagine, the families tried everything to stop Restricted from contacting them and spying on them. But they really were very unsuccessful. They would do things mm-hmm. like turn off their phones, which right. would also be my first reaction. I'm just going to turn it off unless I need it. But here's the thing. But, I mean, n- now you don't know when he's watching you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, true. at least if it's turned on, if he comment, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I would That's do. true. But even when they did turn their phones off, they would randomly turn themselves back on. One day, their ringtone would be, you know, the tune that they picked out. The next day, it would be something totally different. They would change it back. And then a few hours later, it would be that random tone again. (gasps) Yeah. Okay. I'd be like, either somebody evil is out there or my phone is possessed. But knowing that it's happening to multiple people tells me it's not just my phone. And... Probably one of the most terrifying instances, in my opinion, was when the Kaikendall family discovered that Restricted had somehow hacked the microphones on their mobile devices and had started recording private conversations. Oh. So Tim, who is Courtney's dad, and remember Courtney is the one that her friends are like, why are you sending us these Mm -hmm. weird messages, Mm -hmm. recalled one such incident to Fox News when he was being interviewed, and he told them that his cell phone provided a portal through which the hacker had gained access to intimate details of his life. So recording family member conversations, snapping pictures of what they were wearing, and this restricted would send them all of this. 
Um. And he said in this interview, quote, we've had times where I was having a conversation in my home and I got a voicemail and the conversations replayed, (gasps) received a phone call, or even checked my voicemail from a message. And while I push okay, I listen to it. I'm hearing a conversation going on in the living room between my daughter and my wife. Yeah. Oh. Like, I'm imagine telling that. you, that is scary. You could be talking to I'd your be like, little is somebody sound. F- is this a, and, a frogging incident yeah. where somebody's living in my home in the walls in the attic? I don't know it. Yeah. Oh, that's so like, scary. Like, you could be talking to your little sleuth hound and Rodney get a phone call and hear what you're saying oh, in the living room and he's standing so in the dining scary. room. That's so scary. Yeah. I think, I I don't know what I would do. One of these conversations that was replaying via voicemail was a conversation between the Kuykendall family and law enforcement. So they get this voicemail from Restricted Mm -hmm. that is replaying this conversation that they had with an added sinister message saying, quote, I can't wait till you die. Oh my gosh. You'll all be dead even the officers, end quote. So you're, oh my goodness, I didn't even think about that. So they know, like if they say, hey, don't go to the police, they know if you're going to the police or calling the police and then they're recording it and sending it back to you and then threatening you for doing, oh my goodness. You don't feel safe anywhere. You've always Mm -mm. got your phone. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everyone was now desperate to stop being contacted by restricted. So when turning their phones off didn't help, the families tried changing their numbers. Because again, they're like, you know what? Maybe our phone number has been hacked. Oh, yeah. So it is weird because how would they know? How would he have figured out? I guess it's, is it all going? I don't know enough about technology. I know technology like programs, but I don't know technology networking like is it Mm -hmm. because those phones are all somehow linked to one say account through whatever your service provider is or an ip address it's going through sort of and we talk about it like later in the episode but there's ways that people can clone telephones so i could clone your phone to mine Mm. and operate your phone from mine as if it's my telephone and then if somebody's in your phone as like mom yeah well then they they know that person's phone mm-hmm. so they'll be able to message yeah so just put coded names in your phone for every single person in your life well they do say that they say you know not to say my husband or the love of my life as your contact for your husband because then if somebody did get your phone they would know or you know mm-hmm. mom or dad but who would put, yeah, who's going to list their mom by their first name? That's weird. Sorry if you all do that. That's just weird. (laughs) I know. I can't imagine. So they changed their numbers. They still get contacted from restricted. They even went as far as buying new phones, thinking maybe it had something to do with the individual mobile devices that they had. Still restricted contacted them. They switched service providers twice. And still received communication from Restricted. Okay. Now, that's something I would have thought would have changed it, maybe, switching the service provider. So, okay. And cell phone companies were really dumbfounded and honestly very skeptical. ABC News interviewed Matt Sullivan, who was a spokesman for Sprint, and he said, quote, We're unaware of any technology that would allow the activity that's being reported here. We're partnering with law enforcement to investigate. We're not exactly sure what's being done to these phones, end quote. So you've got experts here, and they're mm-hmm. basically saying, we don't know how this person's doing it. But then it's yep. also, I guess, spreading doubt that it is real. Mm-hmm. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.
You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Did you know that dehydration is a leading cause of daytime fatigue? I was shocked to learn that even mild dehydration can cause headaches, muscle weakness, and brain fog. But luckily, there's a solution. Cure. Cure believes that hydration should be simple and effective, but also clean and natural. That's why they use only the highest quality plant-based ingredients and avoid any artificial or harmful additives. They're committed to transparency and honesty. All of their ingredients are clearly listed on their website and packaging, and they're always happy to answer any questions or concerns. Ready to combat dehydration? Try Cure today and feel the difference for yourself. Use code COFFEEINCASES for 20% off your order. Okay, Allison, so things at this point are kind of looking bad for Courtney. Well, especially after the Sprint guy is like, yeah, we've never heard of anything like this before. Police have been able to trace some of the threatening messages back to her phone which seemed to be able to send messages and make calls even when she supposedly had it powered off. So right now, you're saying police are skeptical and they're thinking, is Courtney just saying it's powered off, Mm -hmm. but she's doing this? But did she have a history of, you know, causing trouble or anything like that? that? I mean, not that even a history would you know, indicate that she would do something like this, but because I feel like if you're an upstanding person who's never been in trouble, I would hope that they would believe you. Well, her parents, even now, like her mom will say that she wasn't involved. At this point, I do think that they we're still like, this is not our Courtney. This could not be Courtney. And Mm -hmm. I didn't read much about this family's history mm-hmm. um but they're like you know what if the police are suspecting it could potentially be her mm-hmm. we're just gonna take her phone oh yeah there you go yeah prob- that's a great solution yeah. because if she is doing it and they take her phone it should completely stop but it didn't mm, so then if i were courtney i'd be like who's telling Let the truth know. yeah yeah Apologize to me. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Strangely, the other two families that were being targeted by Restricted had close ties to Courtney's family. According to lineup, Darcy Price, who we heard that snippet of their interview with Fox Mm -hmm. News, was receiving calls and texts. And she was like the oldest of the Kaikendall daughters. Okay. So Courtney's sister. Yes. Okay. And then their neighbor, Andrea McKay, also received creepy correspondence from Restricted. So it's people that are close to the Kuykendall family. So does that make them think once they realize, you know, they try to take Courtney's phone and the phone calls happen, still do they think it's like a local or somebody who knows the families? A lot of people think that, one, a lot of people think if it is Courtney, that, you know, this is a teen who can get in the media spotlight, right? And so she's doing this to get all this media attention. But then you'd think you'd, if you're going to get media attention, what's it matter if nobody knows? Well, I guess they would know your name because you're being targeted Mm -hmm. by it. But I, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't believe it. And they even say, some people say, that it's a combination of all the families working together to create this elaborate hoax, again, for just, like, media attention. But that seems a little... Mm. I would be more apt to believe it's one person doing it for media attention versus an entire group of people. Yeah. Now, do I think that there are people... This is going to sound totally off the wall, and I don't 
I mean, it's funny, but I don't necessarily mean it to be funny. Do I think that there are people who don't really have court cases who say they have court cases just so they can travel to California and go on Judge Judy? Yes, I do. Mm. I don't know if someone's brain in terms of like getting media attention would go to something like this. Yeah. Well, I mean, even with like the Watcher, though, and with the poltergeist and Humpty do poltergeist i mean some of the theories were they're doing mm-hmm. it for the attention mm-hmm. i know that's that's the go-to i think when we can't explain something is to force the explanation that it must be them and they're doing it for some reason that we just don't understand mm-hmm. you know as we talked about most of the harassments and threats centered around courtney And like we just said, I think it's kind of easy to point the finger at Courtney because she's Mm -hmm. a teenager Mm -hmm. when all this is taking place. And we can explain or rationalize why it could be her. You know, she wants the attention. Maybe one of the people she's messaging is a bully to her and she's, you know, trying to get back to them or at them. But one thing we can't explain and one thing we can't rationalize is how... Like we talked about, even when her parents confiscated her phone, did Uh Restricted continue to contact its victims? Yeah, please tell me how that happened. Right. The following is an excerpt directly from an article written by Kelsey Christine McDonald called, this is a long title, Restricted, A Cell Phone Stalker's Relentless Reign of Terror that was published in January of 2022. Okay. So she says, quote, While cell phone companies and local law enforcement couldn't seem to understand how a criminal could pull something like this off, surveillance experts said that this kind of terror was all too possible. In fact, it's almost an easy task for the right kind of hacker in this age of rapidly advancing technology. Electronic surveillance expert James Atkinson confirmed to news outlets at that time cell phones could be operated remotely. They could take pictures and pinpoint locations, and according to Atkinson, most cops couldn't even begin to comprehend how. Other security experts weighed in, saying that spoofing a phone is a totally viable method of stalking. FBI agent Brad Garrett said that this enables a person to mask or change the number they're making calls from. A more proficient hacker can even clone a phone, which gives them the power to do everything the actual owner of the phone can do on their device. However, it requires a far more sophisticated technology to actually listen in on a phone call. So, again... It's possible, but is it possible for a teenager? I mean, this Atkinson dude was trained Mm -hmm. by the National Security Agency and, like, testified in Congress about leaked classified Coast Guard information. So, so he knows hacking happens and how it happens. But I think that's far more sophisticated than hacking a phone And are we saying then, if they're the same sophistication, you know, it takes the same know-how to hack a phone Mm -hmm. and to hack the United States Coast Guard, that I wish I don't think. Right. I don't either. Yeah. But if it is. So we're saying then that a teenager can know as much as it's like. An experienced hacker, which I mean, we do have kids that are, you oh, know, uh, yes. hacking into websites I was going to say that. Yes, I do actually think there are a lot of kids who are very, very good at manipulating technology and hacking and finding ways around certain restrictions and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's, you know, based on what this guy says, even then... You know you have hackers. And so for the Sprint guy to basically be like, we have no idea how this is even possible. Well, yeah, you do, buddy, because there have been hackers since computers, you know, were first around. And so I do agree with this Atkinson guy. And I feel like, you know, if if there are hackers and this is a capability that they can basically spoof my phone and pretend like I'm me and you know, have every capability as if they are holding my phone in their hand, then I kind of feel like we need to start hiring hacker experts on police departments or and mm-hmm. for phone companies. So if mm-hmm. something like that does happen, then they do know how to trace it or investigate it. And, you know, this was 
I don't want to say the early life, but cell phone technology in 2007 was not the same as cell phone technology now. True, true. So maybe the hacking process then was easier, but I almost feel like it would have been harder because on the phones we have now, so much of our personal life is on that phone. Your social media could be hacked. Your email mm-hmm. can be hacked. Mm-hmm. Your Apple Pay can be hacked. You know, like all this different Those stuff. And you just linked. didn't. Right. Yeah. And you just didn't have that on, you know, a Nokia flip phone. Right. Yeah. Allison, people started suggesting to the families that they needed to change their passcodes often. That's what one of their cell phone providers told them. So they did that. But still, Restricted was able to hack their phones. Mm. The Kaikendall family got so scared that they actually installed security cameras, as I too would have. Yes. Because I already have them and I'm not being stalked. So, like, if I was being yeah, stalked, right? they- <laughs> I would definitely have them. Yeah. Yeah. But shortly after the final camera went up, they received a voicemail saying, I know the security code. Oh, my goodness. Like, this is just creepy to me. Oh, my god! And with each security measure they put into place and each time they switched cell phone providers, they were greeted with a new and disturbing message from Restricted. The phone calls, the messages, the strange phone behavior continued every night. For a solid four months before it suddenly just stopped. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, and even no that's scary because then you're kind of like on edge. Yeah. If nobody's ever caught, then you're like, are they going to come back one day? Mm-hmm. Why did they or just stop? show up at my door? Right. Wow. So I guess we're left to figure out what we really think happened. And there's a couple of possibilities i don't even really know that they would be theories with this one but there's a couple different possibilities okay so obviously some people jump to the hoax specifically many blame courtney and the evidence can be pretty condemning the messages were coming from her phone and despite the fact that she claims she had nothing to do with the messages and the phone calls and that she would never scare the people she loves many believe it was her but she said in an interview quote Why would I do that to people I care about? Why would I harass my own family? End quote. And her parents were adamant that she was not involved, which is a thing I think is true. Like, if I'm going to harass somebody, it's not going to be my mom and my dad. Right. It's going to be somebody I don't like. Yeah, I, I, my gut is not telling me that she was involved. Now, obviously, my gut could be wrong, but I, I just don't. I don't believe that, especially with knowing that her parents took her phone Mm -hmm. and it continued to happen. Yeah. And there are some things with this theory that just don't really sit well to me. You Mm -hmm. know, I think we get hung up on the fact that Courtney is a teenager and that she would do this for the attention. But again, is she capable of this advanced hacking that requires JavaScripts Mm -hmm. and all these other things? Mm -hmm. You know, could she turn on phones when they're off change ringtones and most mm-hmm. strangely to me how does one text themselves and leave voicemails to themselves from their own phone right can i don't even know if you can do that like i'm not that well, there technologically might be way. right yeah yeah that all seems a little impossible in my opinion for someone so mm-hmm. young but on the other hand like we've talked about we have kids that are like hacking into national databases so right what do i know mm-hmm In 2007, an opinion piece, so the same year that this happened, was posted regarding Restricted's harassment of the Kaikendall family, claiming that what many of us may be thinking, that this entire thing was a hoax. So author Mike Elgin took several claims that were made by the family and explained how he believed them all to be false. So he made or took like six claims and explains them away. Okay, I'm curious. Yeah, we're going to talk about them briefly. His article was a little long, so I condensed some of these down. Okay. But one was the unauthorized listening through the phone's microphone. Okay. As security experts have talked about, and we've talked about it in this episode, it's possible to eavesdrop on conversations through a cell phone's microphone, even when the phone appears to be off. Mm -hmm. And we know that this is called 
like the spoofing or the, he says, roving bug. And so they're saying, oh, well, we have our phones off, so it can't be us. But it's still possible even when your phone Mm. is off. I guess if you know how. Right. That's the whole thing is you have to know how. Exactly. And we're hinging it being on a hoax, assuming Mm -hmm. that they, or being a hoax, assuming they know how. Mm Mm-hmm. The second thing he pointed out was the unauthorized watching through the phone's camera. And he says this one is quote unquote clearly bogus. Hmm. Although technically possible, the phone problem or the camera problem, I guess, is that if you picked up your phone right now and turned on your camera, you're not going to be, especially phones in the early 2000s that didn't have cameras that could go both ways oh, right I remember see. we would have to turn right. our phone around right. to take a selfie and then you didn't know what so, it was going to look like until after you took it yeah yeah so he's saying in that time if you opened up your camera on your phone it's not going to be instinctively pointed at you it's going to mm. be looking out at the room so how is someone taking pictures of like you know someone sitting in a chair Mm. as if it's through their camera lens unless they're just watching it all the time and you know they're just snapping opportunistically when it happens That's true i mean i don't know that is interesting though because mm-hmm. i hadn't really thought about that you know because mm-hmm. phones now i can turn on my camera app and it can be looking right at me right but at that point i mean i don't even know when the first iphone came out so i don't even know if that was a possibility then Right. The third thing he talks about is the remote turning on of a phone that is off. Mm-hmm. And this just tells you how old this article is. So he said, quote, some phones, including Blackberries, Nokia's and others will be turned on by said alarm. Many phones are never really off unless the battery is removed. End quote. Oh. So I guess at the time that would have been more feasible than it is now. Mm-hmm. So he says these are known as Trojans or applications that enable a remote hacker to turn on a cell phone that is currently off. So again, I just mm-hmm. think that sounds sophisticated for a teenager, yeah, but you does. know, whatever. P.S. While you were uh, doing that, I looked it up and the first front facing camera was 2010 on an iPhone, iPhone 4. Oh, see? So, so yeah, we didn't have that. So, so that's interesting. The fourth thing he talks about is the ringtones being changed. He says, quote, this can theoretically be theoretically done by a downloadable Java hack. But again, it's unlikely without physical access to the phone. So he's saying they lied about this ringtone change because it's pretty much impossible. And again, I mean, I can see where this person's coming from because we're taking their word for that. Like, were the police there? Right, right. And they called one minute and it was, you know, drop it low. And then the next minute it was some other 2007 hit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The fifth thing he says is that this is a total hoax because they claim these problems continue with new phones and even more specifically new accounts. And you mm-hmm. said that, like you thought yeah, switching I providers thought, mm-hmm. would stop. Mm-hmm, I would have. So he's saying if a hacker were able to take over the phone after they switched accounts, mm-hmm. it might explain some of the events that took place, like the changing ringtones, but it can't explain away all of it. And the last thing that he talks about is that most of the calls and text messages trace back to Courtney's phone. And he says there's a couple possibilities here. So the first is that Courtney is obviously in on the hoax. Okay. The second is someone is stealing or using her phone. So, I mean, if she had friends over all the time or something like that, that could be a possibility. Mm-hmm. The third thing that he says could explain this going back to Courtney's phone is that her phone was cloned or the fourth that it was spoofed. So someone is calling from another phone, but making it appear to be coming from Courtney's phone. Mm-hmm. And apparently this spoofing is easy but it doesn't explain some of the other attacks you know like gaining access to the cell phones microphones and that kind of thing well i will say before you started giving the reasons why this tech guy says it has to be a hoax 
I was completely convinced that it was real, that someone, but I wonder Mm -hmm. if part of me is coming from the mentality of today when those things could more easily be real Um, because he does bring up some good points and especially, but, you know, saying certain things here, even if the phone were infected with some sort of Trojan virus, it wouldn't be able to do this. Even if somebody gained remote access or cloned the phone, it wouldn't be able to do these other things. I get why there is Mm. suspicion. And now I'm torn. I don't know if I, I still don't know if I want to believe that it's Courtney, but somebody I guess could be mm-hmm. using her phone to do this. Yeah. But I don't know why it would be at all hours. That's true. And then just randomly stop unless they had their fun and were over it, you know? Right. Another possibility that I think could be a real prospect in solving this is that it could be a potential neighbor that's doing the stalking i don't know the type of neighborhood that they lived in but i mean it wouldn't take much for someone to you know look through your window and comment on what you're wearing or what you're cooking yeah maybe they're creeping in your kitchen window and seeing you slicing those limes instead of the lemons yeah And I know if you all are like me and you grew up on Disney Channel movies, we all saw Get a Clue and how Lindsay Lohan and her friends used amateur spy equipment that they bought at a spy shop to look through windows and record conversations. So if they can do it, like, who's to say another kid couldn't do that? I'm sure in 2007 there was technology that would allow you to listen to conversations that were, you know, A couple hundred feet away, if Mm. we're assuming it's a neighbor. Oh, yeah. I guarantee you that there were ways in 2007, you know, maybe they're not, maybe they're making the family think that they've gained access to a cell phone or the camera, but they've set up a recording device somehow in the Mm -hmm. living room or a a nanny cam, you know, or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so they're getting these pictures. And because someone is sending voicemails and texts, they're like, they're getting pictures from my phone too. Or because they're sending voicemails and texts and, you know, somebody has recorded a conversation through a hidden recorder. They're like, they're listening on my phone when maybe... Maybe they were misled to think that all of the things were coming from their phone when they weren't. I think that's a good point because then I think that could have been a jealous friend that, you Mm -hmm. know, potentially placed these items in their home. Yeah. Not necessarily even of Courtney's. It could be of her parents, a jealous friend of her parents or maybe a neighbor Mm -hmm. and maybe you know they it's on the outside of the house but they can still pick up all these conversations Mm -hmm. i just think that there's a real possibility that this theory could work out and i mean we've talked about cases where people do crazy things for attention like pretending Mm -hmm. to or not pretending but you know stalking your neighbor remember that one case that we did where the lady the people were receiving those letters and then the neighbors started sending him. Oh, Bill Comines. Yeah, it was the yeah. Bill Comines case. He was receiving letters and then after his death, yeah, other people in the neighborhood. And it was the mom's friend. Yeah. Who was sending them. And so yeah. I think people just sometimes kind of snap and do crazy things mm-hmm. for attention. So maybe this is something similar. Maybe. Some people say that another possibility is that Courtney's phone, this goes kind of back to the hacking, I guess, but essentially Courtney could have got a virus from visiting a social media platform, MySpace, or something similar while on her phone. Because, you know, Anthony had a Blackberry in high school and I thought he was so, well, I already thought he was so cool, but that made him even (laughs) more cooler. Because, you know, he could get on social media on his phone, which was you know, amazing. Mm -hmm. So are they saying, people are saying, you know, did Courtney do that? She got on MySpace and each time the family switched phones or providers and got a new phone, Courtney would get back onto MySpace. And so the virus would reappear and somebody is tapping in on her phone through this Mm -hmm. virus. Mm -hmm. And at first I was like, well, this 
doesn't really make sense because then how did this restricted person call their family landline? Because some of the voicemails were left on their house phone. Mm-hmm. But when I was driving today with Anthony, he was like, well, I had, you know, my mom and dad's house phone saved in my cell phone in high school. Mm-hmm. And so I was oh, like, yeah. oh, duh. So maybe they just got the number from her contacts. Mm. I don't know. What do you think, Allison? Hoax okay, or stalker? So, I don't think it's a hoax. I do think it's legitimately someone. I do think the MySpace theory is interesting. But I think I'm going to go with the fact that there was someone who hacked into Courtney's phone. Who was using it to terrorize these people. And again, could have gotten their numbers from Courtney's phone. Because... Everybody's going to be listed in it, especially the relatives, you know, and with their names. And if it's somebody who knows Courtney, like you were saying, somebody jealous of her, of the parents, of whomever, then they know the relationship. They know where these people probably live. And I'm going to say that some of the things that the tech guy said were impossibilities in terms of hacking the phone could just be other things that whoever was doing this had set up or or done to invade their home like i said a nanny cam or a recording device mm-hmm. and because they're so focused on getting these phone calls and texts they think it's all coming from the phone when maybe it isn't and that could you know maybe explain Some of the things that the tech guy was like, well, you wouldn't be able to do this, like take pictures. Well, you might if they have some sort of camera device somehow set up in the in the home. So. I'm going to say real. That's what I think, too. I think they had a real stalker. Mm -hmm. No matter which side of the debate you fall on, one thing we can all agree on is that the technology used to either stalk a family or or try to trick the media, was advanced for the everyday mobile device user. Much like the Jetsons, this person could be considered ahead of their time. Regardless of if this was a hoax or a stalker, several people lived in fear for a long time as a result of someone's actions. The police did everything in their power to catch the perpetrator, but this case... I don't know that they ever will. The family had installed extra security cameras, changed their phone numbers, and done so many other things. But each time this stalker, or this hoax, found them, maybe one day we'll know the truth about who was behind all of this and who the restricted stalker really was. Again, please like and join our Facebook page, Coffee and Cases Podcast, to continue the conversation and see images related to this episode. As always, follow us on Twitter at Cases Coffee, on Instagram at Coffee Cases Podcast, or you can always email us suggestions to coffeeandcasespodcast at gmail.com. Please tell your friends about our podcast so more people can be reached to possibly help bring some closure to these families. Don't forget to rate our show and leave us a comment as well. We hope to hear from you soon. Stay together. Stay safe. We'll We'll see see you you next week. It's Love Notes with Maggie and Allison. Whoop, whoop. We have mad love going out to Cindy, who left us an Instagram comment saying, quote, Hello, I am a true crime addict, and I've been listening to your podcast. I came here to match the faces to the voices. I don't normally listen to or watch anything regarding cold cases because it makes me anxious and I need closure. Mm -hmm. But your podcast is different, and I really enjoy it. I listen during my commute to Boston while I'm drinking my coffee. I like the format and how you do the theories at the end. Thank you for great content, end quote. Well, thank you, Cindy. so good. I know, super sweet. Such a sweet comment. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Cindy. We also have our love going out to Matt F216, potentially. That's how we've agreed to say it. Mm -hmm. Who lives in Canada. Your favorite place. Canada. (laughs) and this review said quote i love your podcast and i'm so glad i found you thank you for bringing attention to these cases my heart goes out to all the victims families and loved ones 
end quote. And honestly, we're right there with you. And that's why we do this every week. Yes, absolutely. And speaking of our um, listeners and love for all of you who obviously who are in the U.S., but also outside of the U.S., uh, shout out to Japan because we are currently number 37 in on the true crime charts in Japan. Yeah. So thank you. Well, I'll just say thank you to the whole country. I kind of want to move to Japan now. <laughs> thank you, Japan. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we are right there with you. Uh, Matt F216. That is exactly why we do what we do. And we're so glad that we have listeners, not just here in the U.S., but all over the world to help share these stories, because that is what can get answers. And we finally have a powerful amount of love going out to all of those who are able and support us financially via our Patreon, just like new Patreon member Poonam. I'm hoping I pronounced your name correctly. You, all of you on there, keep the lights on for us. And we are so humbled Literally. and grateful for you. And if you are not on Patreon, but you are interested in supporting the show and getting some bonus content, and if you join at one of the higher tiers, $12, $15, or $20 levels, getting a quarterly swag box, then just head on over to patreon.com forward slash coffee and cases. The link will be in the show notes as well. So you don't even have to type that out. You can just mm -hmm. click it. That's right. And with that, all of our love is going out to each and every one of you. Until next week, Sleuth Hounds. <laughs>